We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Palomo with me here today as well. It is Thursday, August the 25th. We appreciate you making us a part of your week. Uh, the numbers indicate that more of you are doing that, which is nice. Thank you. We appreciate that. We ask that you tell a friend, um, tell two friends. Have your friends tell friends. Yeah. Hit the like button on um, on the uh, podcast. If you're not subscribing to MPW Digital, our audio stream, we'd appreciate it if you do that. It won't cost you anything. Um, just tell a friend. We'd appreciate it. Uh, I am. Uh, we're going to talk about a number of things. The student loan uh, forgiveness plan that was passed yesterday or that the president I guess put into effect yesterday. Get yeah, I guess on. an executive order is how it happened, right? Seems like there's more executive orders today than there ever were before. I don't remember all of these executive orders back in the days of back in the nineties and two thousands. I don't remember I don't remember, for example, Reagan and Clinton and Bush and even Obama with all the executive orders. And it just feels like feels like this is a Trump Biden thing. Yeah. It did start with Trump though. I mean, if we're if we're yeah, being no. equal, yeah, beat them up equally. So oh, I I'm I'm you know me. I'm oh I know. I don't want either one of them as the president in 2024. I don't. I want uh, I want new blood. But we'll get to all that in a minute. I want to tell you first that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote. Within 15 minutes in business hours, it's going to be right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and uh, you can do with it as you please. I recommend that you jump into a Clark Ford. You will love the product. You'll love the service. Clark Ford in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. And uh, before we get rolling here, Martin, tell um, tell the people what's going on there at Pinnacle. Yeah, man. We are... um... 
And we are excited. Uh, we have some new news, um, literally fresh, hot off of the press. Um, we have secured a space um, for our office. So the building that we're in now, long story short, um, our predecessor firm actually owns the building and it has to be sold so that cash can go back to the shareholders. That's a lot of detail that most people don't care about, which means that we either had to do one of two things, buy it or find a new space. Um, and we are moving into a new space. We got the lease signed on it. Uh, we are going to be kind of in the middle of the new Jackson uh, financial district, which is in Ridgeland actually um, in the Butler snow building. Really excited about that. So We'll be moving, you know, the end of fourth quarter. Uh, it kind of feels like everything is kind of new and exciting with this venture. Um, you know, we just bought the firm in March, um, you know, moving to a new building. It's like new pair of shoes, man. It's, it's, uh, it's really exciting. I'm really proud of it. Uh, proud of my team. And we've been doing some really, really cool stuff. But, um, but another thing that we've been uh, also doing is making sure that, you know, that our clients are, are, uh, are on target with their goals and plans. And there's been some things that have changed recently. And, you know, we, we kind of always talk about, we talk about how the interest rate changes have been, how they've negatively impacted everything. Well, there is some actual positives in it. Um, really, really short-term money. Uh, you can actually get not at, not at the banks yet because the banks have not raised their rates on CDs, but they have rates, the rates on which they'll charge you interest. Um, but you're able to start making uh, some interest on your on cash on short term cash, and uh, that's a lot of we've been talking to a lot of our clients, and if, surprisingly, and most of our folk or a lot of our listeners may find themselves in the same boat. We have clients that are just sitting on uh, a lot of cash, but they don't want to put it in the stock market because they're, you know, scared of stocks. Um, I won't let them put it, you know, in the long term bond market yet. And uh, but there's we now have a place to park it, and we've been talking to clients about that. Uh, a good bit the last several months uh, and being able, to, being able to earn, you know, a couple percent, three, two, three percent interest while uh, they make decisions on really short-term stuff. So, you know, when we're, when we are talking to clients, it's not always just about the long-term, you know, a lot of times we are talking about, you know, short-term stuff too. So if uh, you know, if your if your advisor is not completely advising you and you want that um, and you want to try us on for a fit, uh, you can call us 601 957 zero three two three or email us at info at my com. all right so let's jump into this um i want to talk about we're, we're hold on one second got a little issue with something we're good you're good we're all good got to fix something here uh we'll get to that in a second let's see um that's something we we got, you got something interesting that popped up on you or no, no, something popped up on my computer that I was oh. trying to, uh, that I was trying to move. I was like, man, is there some breaking news that uh, you're about to drop a bomb on on me about and we get to no. talk about it on air? I no, mean, no, there no. is, which is, you know, <laughs> we no, just, no, no, no. We Not, just, uh, forgave apparently a metric ton of student loans. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, we don't need any more information than that. So let's start there. <laughs> I mean, this was and a, by I say when I say we, I don't mean me and you, Neil. This was a late in the process campaign promise from Joe Biden. 
Yep. I I'm do reading, remember. Reading from the Wall Street Journal, Biden's student loan forgiveness plan to cancel up to $20,000 in debt for millions. This is from the Wall Street Journal. This is written by Andrew Restuccia and Gabriel T. Rubin. President Biden will forgive up to $20,000 in federal student loan debt for tens of millions of Americans, a move that will provide unprecedented relief for borrowers, but is certain to draw legal challenges and political pushback. Following more than a year of internal debate, the president said Wednesday that he will cancel $10,000 in federal student loan debt for borrowers making under $125,000 a year or couples making less than $250,000 a year. By the way, I have a question right off the top on this. In addition, those who receive federal Pell Grants and make less than $125,000 a year would be eligible for total forgiveness of $20,000, Mr. Biden said. An entire generation is now saddled with unsustainable debt, Mr. Biden said at the White House, adding that he wouldn't apologize for what he characterized as a program to help the middle class. I understand that not everything I'm announcing today is going to make everybody happy, but I believe my plan is responsible and fair. Independent estimates suggest the plan will cost more than $300 billion over 10 years. The action will add to the federal deficit over time since borrowers will repay less or none of their loans to the federal government, but it doesn't involve the immediate outlay of federal funds. The forgiveness applies to students with federal loans from undergraduate and graduate programs, as well as parent plus loans, White House officials said. While debt forgiveness is often treated as income for tax purposes, the canceled student debt will be exempt, like some other federal student debt forgiveness programs. The White House said borrowers who took out federal loans by June 30th of this year are eligible for forgiveness. Loans taken out after that date won't be eligible. So here's my very first question. When this says, Martin, and, and maybe you don't know the answer, but I bet you do. When this says that borrowers making under $125,000 a year. That's all college students. That was my question. So. Okay. <laughs> I I got the, you know, I'm the, one of my, one of my gifts you didn't know about Neil was ESPN, right? ESPN. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so here's the question. How many college students at the time of taking out the loan make $125,000 a year? The well, answer, can we just talk about our college students, mine yeah. and yours? Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, I mean, you, you have kids in college. I do. I now have one. I can tell you exactly how much money mine makes per year. Okay. Zero dollars. Well, I mean, mine make a little bit because they both have some employment, but they don't make anything resembling $125,000. So the question I have is, so are is some of their debt forgiven right away? And, 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 and if so, why? I mean, yeah, we went into this knowing, Hey, there's going to be a little bit of debt. Gonna yeah. pay, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to get you through college and then <clears throat> I, I'll, I'll pay it off. Right. I'll, I'll pay it off. I, you know, I'm, I'm, that was the plan. And I thought that was a responsible plan. But now if you're just going to forgive all this debt, You're rewarding irresponsibility, number one. And number two, 
this is the part that drives me nuts is it's like, okay, but you're creating more debt that is going to have to be paid in taxes. So you're really just moving the debt from column A to column B. Correct. Yes. So you, Neil, who doesn't have any student debt or you've paid off your student debt. Yeah. And now you're a, you know, a, a father of three contributing to the, you know, to the U.S. economy by paying your taxes are now going to pay twice for student loans. The ones that you took out and paid and and the ones you didn't take out that you're paying now, obviously pro pro rata, you're not paying fifty thousand dollars of someone's student debt. But yes, we're we're gonna all pay for it in taxes. So this is um, not not to interrupt you. I want to I want to be yeah. crystal clear here. If children come from a family that makes more than one hundred twenty five, or or a single parent with more than one hundred twenty five thousand dollars in income, or from a family who earns more than $250,000 income, they still are eligible to have their student debt forgiven? I have no idea. Because, I mean, if they're looking at Christopher, like, all right, let's just look at Christopher. We'll look at my kid for an example. He, you know, he he went to Mississippi State and he's studying engineering. Now, if he graduates with a degree, with a mechanical engineering degree, he's going to be in pretty good shape for, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bet that that degree is going to allow him to have a relatively comfortable, you know, financial life as well. Like he's not going to be in poverty with a, with an engineering degree. Um, some of his award package, it wasn't a lot. It was like $1,700 of his award package was, uh, um, you know, a federal student loan where the interest it's what unsubsidized or subsidized. I can't remember which one it was where the interest, uh, doesn't even start calculating till he, graduates right but it's in his name okay it's not in my name it's not in martin it's no, not in jennifer it's not in shelly so it's in his name and it's he in christopher's name twenty five thousand dollars. no he makes zero dollars i mean yeah he does some yard work and he helps his stepdad out and you know and he gets a little bit of income there but he has zero dollars of income are they going to forgive that i mean i don't think i, I if they let you opt out of it i would say no He's opting out of that because my deal with him was, look, dude, you you make a 3.0 or better in school. I have no problems. With it. I don't care what you do. You can be in a fraternity. You can play sports. You can do whatever you want. You can have a great time. If you're managing to do that and make a 3.0, we're in great shape. I have no problems. You know, you drop below a 3.0, we got to start talking. Like, hey, what's going on? Are you going to class? If you're going to class, maybe there's some leniency. If you're not going to class, I'm not paying for that. I was like, you're going to be paying for that. You're going to be taking out that debt, you know, to pay for that. You'll have those consequences. The American people should not be responsible for his irresponsibility. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of, I guess I'm, a, I thought as I heard this yesterday, I'm, I mean, I'm reacting in real time. I, I assumed we were talking about families. If we're talking about, I don't, if dude, I don't know. I haven't seen the details then, of it. But it, it appears because I just read that the majority of 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 borrowers are going to receive this. This is just another PPP program. Yeah, for this kids just, versus. This is just another. Th- this is a campaign. This is a mid save the midterms action to fool kids into thinking that hey, we're on your team. Look, we're forgiving ten thousand dollars. 
we're giving you all 10 grand. If you owed less than 10 grand in, in uh, loans, guess what? You don't know anything. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like the, let's say there's the guy, you know, like my, one of my best buds is a plumber, um, went to trade school. He went to Ole Miss first, <clears throat> then he went to trade school, uh, learned how to plumb, owns his own business. He had student debt, um, you know, paid off his student debt. And now he's, you know, he's working. He would have qualified for it. Like, so, and I know this has beat the horse to death that people have already said, but is it, if you just had the misfortune of paying off your student loans, you know, yesterday, uh, and you would have been able to have it forgiven, do they go back and go, well, we're going to give you a, a tax credit for that $10,000 that, you know, had you not paid off your loan, because you're responsible, we're going to penalize you. But had you not been responsible, we, you would have gotten a, there's, man, I have, so, this, this thing creates so many questions for me. And then, you know, what's the impact going to be on inflation with, with this? We're already in a relatively, relatively high inflationary market. I mean, I can't imagine this abates inflation. All I can make the argument for how it creates more. So this comes on the heels of the Inflation Reduction Act, and this seems to fly contrary <laughs> to that because there's no way this doesn't create more inflation. Yeah, it was, it was really should have been called the, uh, it should be called the RIE, you know, the inflation I mean the, uh, the R the I E A the Inflation Enhancement. Act. Here's my question, Martin, and, and I know you don't know the answer to this. And I'm being tongue in cheek with all this too, but but the the natural response to this, if you're in the education industry, and I use that word intentionally, if you're in the education industry, you're just going to raise tuition, right? Now, well, I mean, now there's a reason, there's an incentive here to to raise tuition because. More more people will be applying for loans, knowing that their first ten thousand dollars of those loans will be forgiven immediately. Yeah, I guess I would want to. I want to see how all the details work out. Like, there has to be an as of date, right? There has to be. You know, you had, you know, student debt as of, you know, I don't know, January first, twenty twenty two, June. 30th 2022 uh august 1st well i think june 2022 i think june 30th is the i mean i'm sitting here looking for oh is it that and i haven't seen the details of that so what to know about the forgiveness plan perfect let's hit let's hear it because this will be somewhat news to me too by julia carpenter and again gabriel rubin who had a busy day President Biden's student loan plan will reduce or wipe out the debt of millions of borrowers. The plan eliminates up to $10,000 in federal loan. We covered that. Many borrowers covered that. We're in unprecedented territory, said Scott Buchanan, executive director of the Student Loan Servicing Alliance. This has never been done before. The plan is expected to benefit the majority of the more than 43 million people in the U.S. who hold a total of $1.6 trillion in student loan debt. In addition to the loan forgiveness, the president will also be extending the pandemic-era student loan pause on payments and interest through the end of the year. Um, the, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York estimates the pause spared borrowers nearly $1,000 billion in payments during this period. All right, Wait, who is, who is- $1,000 billion. I'm having to... No, I'm sorry. Spared so- nearly $200 billion. Oh. I was like, damn, that was a weird way to write because that would have been like a trillion or would that have been a trillion? Would that have been, would that add enough zeros to be a trillion? Uh, I don't know. 
Martin. I went to you. Um, oh, dude, that but that's Harvard of North Northeast Louisiana. It is the Harvard on the Bayou. All right. So, <laughs> who is eligible for student loan forgiveness? Borrowers with uh, federal student loan debt are eligible for up to ten thousand dollars in relief if they earn less than we covered that. We covered the Pell grants. Uh, most student loan borrowers owe less than $25,000 on their loans as of May 2022, according to the Federal Reserve. When will forgiveness take effect? The timing remains uncertain, but the Education Department has, provide, has promised more details in the weeks ahead, at minimum, before student loan payments resume in January. Do I need to take action to receive debt relief? Not yet says beware of any friendly sounding phone calls or suspicious looking emails from addresses you don't recognize uh, don't do anything until you see something happen to your account what if i have private student loans only federal debt is eligible what if the amount i owe is under ten thousand dollars congratulations you're now debt free is the pause on student loan yes uh are parent plus loans eligible Yes, an individual student is limited in how much money they can take out in federal loans, but through the Parent Plus and Grad Plus programs, families can borrow the total cost of attendance. Um, what if I've already paid off my loans? At the end of last year, fewer than 1.2% of borrowers continued making payments on their student loans, but some of the borrowers took advantage of the two-plus years of optional interest-free payments to wipe out their debt entirely. This measure won't apply to balances that they have already paid off. So if you were being responsible, there's no. Sorry. Sorry. We are, we're, we're, we're rewarding. I shouldn't say rewarding bad let's behavior. Be, that's let's not be true. real. Let's be real here. The people who are responsible and paying off their, their debt, those people aren't voting. Got screwed. They got hosed. Man. They weren't voting for Biden anyway. And that's who yeah. this is directed at young people to get voters. This well, is. Uh, so sorry, let me ask. A, call me, call me political if you'd like, but this is obvious. Well, let me ask another question too. Something that just kind of occurred to me while while you were talking too. So, if we're if we're uh, being a savior because because uh, student loans are so bad, and this is a problem and a crisis, and we have to adjust address the crisis, why aren't we outlawing student loans? If that's the problem, it's kind of like the fork made me fat, right? Yeah. So why? Are, if student loans are so bad, which I mean, like I realize there are folks who have degrees, which they were not able to. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Oh gosh, let me think of the word to say to uh, to make this make sense without being a complete asshole. Uh, they have degrees that, the value of those degrees uh, was inverse to the income they were able to get. So they have a degree that they couldn't actually earn much of an income with, but they have, they're saddled with all this debt, right? So then you have folks that go to law school or medical school or, you know, or hell, not even that, you know, just folks who graduate, um, you know, get a good job and, and they, and they service their stuff. So, for those folks, <clears throat> you know, student loans created an opportunity, right? For the kid that's coming out of a poor family that was able to go to college, go to law school, go to med school, had to take out student debt, changed their life. But because, <clears throat> you know, someone gets a degree in, you know, basket weaving and they got $120,000 of debt for a bachelor's in basket weaving, you know, that's, I don't, it's the fork made me fat argument. It's long been my argument, right? I mean, you have all of these kids that go to these schools and they get degrees in liberal arts and things like that. And look, I, I got a degree in liberal arts. Um, I did. And coming out of college, I didn't make any money. Um, it wasn't until I started becoming a business person that I started making money, if I'm honest. Um but they get out with these degrees and they go to these expensive schools and they get the degrees and they take out oodles of loans to do it or their families do. And you know that going in, you, I mean, you know, going in, there's, there's, there's a difference in degrees. You get a degree in, in some sort of a medical field, you're going to make more money than you are if you get a degree in basket weaving sociology. I mean, just the facts not saying there's anything wrong with sociologist but you're not going to make a lot of money you get a degree in history so that you can one day teach history at, at a high school or yeah that's whatever. a great example you know okay. teachers teachers are just generally you know some teachers are saddled with student debt but they do a very <clears throat> incredible civil service um but they and, knew they knew when they took out those loans that they were going to college to be a teacher. Yeah. And they knew that teaching wasn't going to pay them a lot of money. That's correct. They, they went in. And, and so if only they know whether the juice was worth the squeeze. That's true. But they knew that there was going to be not a lot of juice on the squeeze. Yeah. <clears throat> and I realize that not everyone 
makes decisions based on on you know financial stuff but there's a lot of qualitative decisions made i totally get that too again and that was what i said that's kind of exactly what i just said which is for some people they're like okay yeah but it's worth it i want this degree the only way i can get this degree is to take out these loans to go to university x yeah okay so you know that going in you're getting the degree in history or sociology or education or whatever because that is just your life passion fair enough but that's the deal, and you knew it going in. Correct. And so if the argument is, well, college shouldn't be this expensive, okay, let's have that conversation. If the argument is... Now, I agree with that, because if you look at tuition inflation versus regular world inflation, yeah. way outpaces regular and, world inflation. So everyone's just going to bump their tuition up more. These, yeah. this is, We've got to get... This is the thing. This is where we get into the the difference between um, the real world and utopia. In utopia world, in a world was a where, good book. In a world where everything is just happy and love and joy and peace, in and and I agree that world would be an awesome world. In that world, people go, well, you know what? We should just have free college. People should, edu we should educate. Everyone should be able to go wherever they want to go for free. Get get their degrees. Go, we'll, we'll, the government will pay the, the instructors. Get their degrees. Go into the real world. Everyone will make the same amount of money, and we'll all be happy. We'll all just coexist in this land of peace and love and flowers. The real world's nothing like that. Universities are businesses. They're corporations. Yeah. Well, the the eye opener for me, and it and probably, you know, for you is not because you're you're already there with two kids. Like when I went to Millsaps, and my undergrad was I had a full I had a full scholarship. So I didn't I didn't have any I didn't graduate with student debt. Uh I didn't live on campus because Christopher was born. Uh I was married. Uh Christopher was born. Uh, my junior in my nope, my junior year of Millsaps. So I didn't have the college experience. I didn't live on campus. My mom didn't pay tuition. She didn't pay room and board. Um, you know, and I went to junior college first. And that's how I that's how I ended up with a full ride to Millsaps was, you know, how involved I was in junior college and Phi Theta Kappa scholarships and leadership scholarships. Well, when we went to when Chris first starts looking. You know, I'm looking at Millsaps, which has a really incredibly high price tag on the front end. And then they give a significant amount of, of uh, you know, scholarships and awards and grants to students. And in the end, Mississippi State or Ole Miss were the exact same price as Millsaps. Uh, the difference was the tuition at Mississippi State and Ole Miss was like, you know, three grand a semester four grand a semester or something like that tuition at Millsaps was, uh, you know, 30 grand or 25, 30 grand a semester, but housing was a very small percentage of Millsaps cost. Whereas at Mississippi state and Ole Miss, they require the freshmen to live on campus and housing is four times three, four times what the cost of tuition is. 
and that's where they're making i think that's where they're making you know a ton of money on in the public schools or else i mean why would the two, why would housing be any different from one school or i mean i realize there might be little bits of difference but there shouldn't be you know ten thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars difference in housing private versus public school it's not apples to apples it's 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 not but my 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 thing is that is that people know this going in sure you know what the prices are going to be and you make a decision whether you can do it or not yeah i had sticker shock man for I the mean, public university in mississippi i mean it's been I had sticker shock it's been expensive to send my kids to college i knew it would be expensive they both got financial aid uh they they but they, but we knew it would be expensive we saved money knowing right. it would be expensive right you know i mean you know and there was a responsibility going into it i mean i knew when my oldest daughter was 12 that hey she's going to go to college in 6 years and had she said to me hey dad i want to go to um I don't know, UCLA. My answer would have been, we can't afford that. That's not possible. Sure. Or my answer would have been, okay, well, that's going to be really expensive. And it, this wouldn't have been my answer, but had this hypothetically been my answer, well, we really can't afford that, but you know what? We'll take out the loans and we'll pay for them over the course of time and we'll get it done if that's really where you want to go. That would be financially irresponsible, but it would be my irresponsibility. Why should I get bailed out for that? Yeah. Well, I mean, and I would, you're a much nicer dad than I guess I am because <laughs> I told Christopher, because uh, so he was wanting to go to University of Central Florida. And I was like, dude, that's cool. Um, here's what we're paying, you know, in state and at Millsaps, and uh, the rest is on you. Yeah. I mean, is that, coaching him to be a responsible person. No, I mean, I let him make it out. I let him make his own decision. And that's where, if he would have gotten an acceptance at UCF, that's where he would have gone. He'd gone to central Florida and he'd have had to figure out the balance. It's a couple of paragraphs here. We're staying on this topic for a minute because I find it to be fascinating because it impacts so many people. If you, if you have children who've already been through college and they took out loans, and you've already paid off those loans, you should be pissed off. If you are uh, planning for the future, you wonder, does this is this a one-time only thing? Is this yeah. become... Is this become that, most... I think it probably is not going to be... I mean, dude, this is not going to go forward. It can't go forward. Like, we literally can't afford that. Most uh, the, this is, it says, most of the rest will only make de minimis payments because Mr. Biden is also sweetening the income-based repayment plans that Barack Obama ex expanded by fiat. Borrowers currently pay only up to 10% of discretionary income each month and can discharge their remaining debt after 20 years, 10 if they work in public service. Democrats said these plans would reduce defaults. They haven't. Federal student debt has ballooned because many borrowers don't make enough to cover interest and principal payments, so their balances expand. Student debt has nearly doubled from 2011 to $1.6 though the number of borrowers has increased by only 18%. Now Mr. Biden is cutting undergrad payments to a mere 5% of discretionary income. The government will also cover unpaid monthly interest for borrowers, so their balances won't grow even if they aren't paying a, pen a penny. 
This will mask the cost to taxpayers of the administration's rolling loan write-off. Student loan debt won't appear to swell even as it does. What a fabulous accounting trick. The Penn Wharton budget model estimates that canceling $10,000 for borrowers earning up to $125,000 will cost about $300 billion. The Pell Grant addition could increase this by as much as $207 billion. The four-month freeze on payments will cost $20 billion on top of the roughly $115 billion it already has. The payment plan revisions could eventually add hundreds of billions of dollars more. An analysis compared by the Trump Education Department estimated that taxpayers would lose $435 billion on federal student loans, largely because borrowers in these payment plans on average were expected to repay only half of their balances. Now they will repay even less. I mean, well, I mean, dude, unless just, I mean, it's simple. This is, here's the bottom line too. This is, he goes, this is a college graduate bailout paid for by plumbers and FedEx drivers. Yeah. I agree those, with that. Those who will pay for this write-off are the tens of millions of Americans who didn't go to college or repaid their debt or skimped and saved to pay for college or chose lower cost schools to avoid a debt trap. This is a college graduate program paid for by plumbers and FedEx drivers. Colleges will also capitalize by raising tuition to capture the write-off windfall. A White House fact sheet hilariously says that colleges, quote, will have an obligation to keep prices reasonable and ensure borrowers get value for their investments, not debt they cannot afford. Only a fool could believe colleges will do this. Whoever wrote this, they're speaking my language. I completely agree. They're speaking your love language? Well, they're just telling the truth. They're saying they don't. This is written by the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal. This is this is this is my point. I mean, it's it's the whole utopia versus reality. In utopia, things are a certain way, and this is part of. I, I, I'll give Biden credit; he sort of ran a campaign on utopia, and people bought it. And now he's kind of starting to do some of these things. Yeah, well, he bought it on a credit card. He did. So this is more credit card debt. This is hey, no, we can't afford that, but you know what? Yeah. You want it. Let's give it to you now. We'll figure out how to pay for it later. Uh, or, hey, someone else will pay for it down the road. I mean, you know, it's – it's. I mean, dude, like the the just simple budget conversation. Uh, I mean, let's talk about – let's just talk about teachers real quick because we know in Mississippi they don't make, you know, a tremendous amount of money. Like, let's say that uh, you got a teacher that makes thirty-five grand, right, teaching – uh, so well, let's just call it roughly $3,000 a month gross before taxes, before benefits, all that. If they're teaching in the public schools, then they have PERS that uh, comes out of that. So you got to reduce immediately right off the the top. Um, you know, their their gross pay is actually 10% less for their contribution in the PERS. Mandatory, they don't have an option. So $3,300 a month. Then you pay taxes. You got other stuff with holdings. Let's say you got, you know, $2,500 left over, uh, you know, before you start paying your bills, that's your net income. Then you've got, uh, let's say you got rent. Let's say you got a roommate situation. Cause if you're single and you're a teacher, you probably don't own a home, uh, cause you can't afford it. So you got $2,500 left at the end of the month. Let's say your rent is, you know, 750 bucks. 
So now you got $1,750 left over. Your student loan debt, if you have just say 50,000 of student loans, your payment is probably about $500 a month. So uh, you've got $1,750. Now you got 1,250 bucks. Then you've got utilities, right? Because uh, let's just say that's $200. So you're at about a thousand bucks a month. Uh, you haven't put food in your refrigerator. You haven't put gas in your vehicle. We haven't done cell phone. We haven't done cable. I mean, and you can just see right there, like you're, you're, you're bust, you're bust. You can't, that's not even a, that doesn't even make sense. Right. And have one, one hiccup where you go have a big medical bill or, um, you know, a car repair or something like that. And dude, and you are upside down real fast. So, I mean, if, you know, if you're $500 from, you know, and they said 10% of discretionary income, we haven't even gotten into discretionary income yet with, <laughs> in that scenario, we've gotten, you know, we're talking about just taking care of the basics, man. It's, it's, and I mean, I just said 50 grand, what student comes out of a four-year university with, you know, with 50 grand of student debt, you probably have the barbells. You probably have the kids that come out of college whose parents helped them or they didn't have to take out a ton of student debt and they've got you know a little bit and then you have those where their parents can't help them at all and they have to saddle the whole thing on themselves and how do you even come out with fifty thousand dollars of student debt i mean it's probably higher than that it's probably 75 or 100 or you know hell it may be even more it just busts budgets, man. And, yeah. you know, and we're a, we're a show that talks about personal finance and income and, yeah, and I mean, and that's a, you, you can't, you have no room, you have zero margin in that scenario, zero margin in that scenario. I mean, and how many kids are graduating and it may be different now, but how many kids are graduating college and making 45, 50,000 that aren't like, you know, engineers, attorneys whatnot i mean but why should we punish those i don't know it's it again you i don't know it's oh dude i'm not saying that we punish them I like mean, my I, buddy I, my I, buddy I'm, Patrick, of opinion, I'm of the opinion if you're going to forgive ten thousand dollars in student debt just forgive it to everybody just give it forgive everybody why, why should we no no we're gonna we're gonna punish the successful people we're going to punish the guy that, that goes and gets the mechanical engineering degree and gets his first job at $145,000 a year. You're not eligible. Why? He went and got a degree where he knew he'd make money. Yeah. He busted his ass. Those degrees aren't simple. Uh -uh. You got to study. Got to be smart. Got to have, a, I mean, you, you just can't skill set that not everybody has. That's There's right. some really smart people that you could put them in an engineering program and they'd fail out. They just wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to do it. Again, utopia versus reality. In utopia, we're all great at everything. Yep. No matter how hard you ever worked, Martin, when you were a kid, you weren't going to be an NBA player. No matter how hard you tried, <laughs> no matter what? how much training. No, you weren't. My you mama weren't. told me I could be whatever I wanted. And, and if she did, <laughs> then she lied to you. That is, that's, that's my point. Not everybody has the same skill set. So we're going to make the guy who was like, hey, you know what? College isn't for me. College isn't for me. Yes. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not into that. I, I, don't, I don't like it. Maybe I've got some ADD or I just, I, I, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. So you know what I'm going to do? 
I am going to become an electrician. I'm going to become a plumber. That was was where I was going. I'm going to go to trade school and I'm going to become an electrician. I'm going to become a plumber. And and then I'm going to, I'm going to build a business or I'm going to go to work for essentially as an apprentice. Yeah. First you do. Yeah. And then, and then you, you strike out on your own and, and you become an electrician and you work your ass off and you develop a reputation on, you know, Hey, if you call this guy on Friday night at eight, he'll come fix your plumbing. Gonna cost you. T- you're gonna cost you twice, but he's gonna come fix it. He'll work on weekends. You work. You work. You work. You build a business, and now you say, "Hey, we're gonna raise your taxes essentially because all these other people went to college and got degrees in sociology, and they can't find a job outside of being a barista." Not that yep. there's anything wrong with being a barista. I'm- yeah, I mean, dude, you told you told my buddy Patrick's story. You know, that's exactly he started at Ole Miss, and then he was like, "Dude, I'm." This is uh this is fun, but this is not for me. And then yeah. he went into you know became a plumber, was an apprentice, became a master plumber, did uh, new home construction plumbing, and then he broke out on his own. And now he has his own plumbing company with a couple trucks. And uh and dude, he is doing very well. He had no student debt. He learned business uh, skills over the course of he learned business school for, business skills from the school of hard knocks. Yeah, I mean, and dude, and he has a very good life and a very successful business. And and then one of my clients great dude became an electrician uh went to heinz community college uh did all of his apprentice work went offshore uh before he was married and made really good decisions with his money and he was making a killing on oil rigs as an electrician um and dude he socked away more money than you know i have than most of my than a lot of my clients have in a really short period of time and but he didn't have any student debt and he was responsible I mean, great story. Two-year college. Yeah. Tradesperson. All right. We've beat it up. Uh, what else <laughs> What else do you want to get to today? Uh, you want a little, a little, a little happy news. Um, they did a, they did a revision of, of GDP last quarter, which they always do. Like, you know, when the GDP number comes out at the end of the quarter, it's always preliminary. And usually the revisions aren't, uh, you know, massive where you have like a negative number that flips to a positive number. And that's not what happened. Um, but it did revise up. Um, GDP did. So uh, the 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 loss, the the negative growth in GDP in second quarter uh, just wasn't as bad as as uh, as it was initially thought. And a lot of that, too, had to do with um, incomes rising, which is just, you know, uh, one of the Fe- one of our Fed chairs was on CNBC earlier today, Patrick Harkins. And he was, uh, you know, he kind of said, Hey, if we're in a recession, it's just a really odd one. It's a weird recession. Uh, and technically by definition, the, and I'm going by the old school definition, not the new move, the goalpost definition. I mean, technically we are in a recession, uh, but I've said it too. It's, it just kind of feels weird. It's going to be, if, if we are in there, it's just going to, it feels like it's going to be shallow and you had rising income, uh, personal incomes rose and it's just weird in a recession, personal incomes rise, you know, jobless claims came in today, again, lower, they went down and, and lower than the estimates. So we've got a really strong labor market too. And usually in recessions, you have, you know, rising jobless claims, you know, falling income. Um, those are the things that usually happen in a recession. It's just weird, man. It's weird. So I mean, a little bit of positive news is, is if, if we're in an economic recession, 
our the recession that we are in is very shallow and hopefully it stays shallow hopefully nothing uh you know catastrophic happens but you know if we get a good chunk more of inflation um i mean fed's going to keep raising interest rates on the short end and eventually what will happen is uh you know personal incomes will go down uh companies will start laying folks off jobless claims yep. will rise we'll start seeing what a recession looks like and you know that doesn't mean it has to be a 2008 you know category three category four hurricane it may just be that tropical storm that category one we talked about so along know, those lines this ago. is uh this is story uh, central bankers worry that the recent surge in inflation may represent not a temporary phenomenon but a re- transition to a new lasting reality to counter the impact of a decline in global commerce and persistent shortages of labor commodities and energy central bankers might lift interest rates higher and for longer than in recent decades, which could result in weaker economic growth, higher unemployment, and more frequent recessions. The Federal Reserve's current round of interest rate increases, which economists say have pushed the U.S. to the brink of a recession, could be a taste of this new environment. The global economy is undergoing a series of major transitions, said Mark Carney, former Bank of Canada and Bank of England governor, in a speech at an economics conference. The long era of low inflation, suppressed volatility, and easy financial conditions is ending. This new era would mark an abrupt and abrupt about face after a decade in which central bankers worried more about the prospects of anemic economic growth and too low inflation and used monetary policy to spur expansions. It could also it also would be a reversal for investors accustomed to low interest rates. Yeah. So has has just the economic climate changed? Maybe this isn't what we're going through. Isn't just a phase, but maybe a a new reality. Well, shit, dude, it changed in 2009. It didn't change today. We're just hooked on the drugs that have been pump been pumping in our system since 2009. And dude's right. If you look back to history pre 2009, there was very little Fed intervention other than, you know, Volcker, um, you know, during the during the 80s. Uh, very little Fed intervention in in how you know markets kind of pumped and primed, but what they found out in two thousand you know eight and nine was that um you know instead of us having you know in, we were down fifty percent in the in the stock markets and the and the economy was in really bad shape, but it if we could have been down eighty and been in horrific shape, it would have you know if, if we would have stayed out, it would have lasted for a little while and then we would have kind of normalized you know, back again, but the Fed just intervened and pumped a little bit of life support, you know, into the economy, you know, or, or put us on a ventilator. If you want to use medical terms that we all understand coming out of COVID, put us on a ventilator. Well, coming off the ventilator is tough. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not as strong as you were, you know, you're the body's weak. You have atrophy in your muscles. Uh, your lungs suck a little bit. And now what's happening is, you know, the tubes coming out where I don't know what they call the reverse of intubating, <laughs> de-intubating. I don't know. Some of our medical people are probably going to laugh at me listening to this. But, um, dude, we're coming off the drugs, man. And and we might be, and I've said, you know, I've said in previous shows, we might be in a period where we have, you know, higher than normal inflation persistently for a long time. Now, I don't think it's going to be 6%, 7%, but we could be three and a half, four annualized for, you know, a period of time. And that would... You know, that's got to, it's, it's just math. 
if there's an average, we've been below average for 15 years, there's been no volatility in the markets. Well, now to get above average, I mean, to get to average, you got to go above average inflation, or then that means we're going to have above average volatility as well. I mean, dude's not wrong. Um, I would have probably said it different than uh, our friends in Canada and across the pond, but he's not wrong. Here's the good news. For young people, here's the good news. I got, I got, I got good news. I got, I, I, I've got young people in my life, not just mine, but they're friends. And I care about them, and I get excited for them. One of my daughter's really good friends at Arkansas already has a a great job lined up. Sweet. Um, in Minneapolis, I saw her on uh, Saturday at midday, and I gave her a big hug, and I was like, "Congratulations on your job. That is awesome, and she'll do great." I don't know if you've heard about this. Have you heard of quiet quitting? No. Quiet quitting. This is Wall Street Journal. Lindsay Ellis. Lindsay Ellis and Angela Yang or Young. I'm not sure which. Angela, if you are uh, listening, I apologize if I got it wrong. Not taking your job too seriously has a new name. Quiet quitting. The phrase is generating millions of views on TikTok as some young professionals reject the idea of going above and beyond in their careers, labeling their lesser enthusiasm a form of quitting. It isn't about getting off the company payroll, these employees say. In fact, the idea is to stay on it. But focus your time on the things you do outside of the office. The videos range from sincere ruminations on work-life balance to snarky jokes. Some set firm boundaries against overtime in favor of family. Others advocate coasting from nine to five, doing just enough to get by. Many want to untether their careers from their identities. Of course, every generation enters the workforce and quickly realizes that having a job isn't all fun and games. Navigating contemptible bosses and the petty indignities that have always been inflicted on the ranks of working stiffs has never been easy. And many people who say when they're young that they don't care about climbing the corporate ladder end up changing their mind. The difference now is that this group has TikTok and hashtags to emote. And these 20-somethings joined the working world during the COVID-19 pandemic with all of its dislocating effects, including blurred boundaries between work and life. Many workers say they feel they have the power to push back in the current strong labor market. Recent data from Gallup shows employee engagement is declining. Here's my advice to young people. Don't pay any attention to that. Don't quiet quit. Be glad that a lot of your contemporaries are quiet quitting and go bust your ass. When you get started, go above and beyond. Pay the dues. Work overtime. Do the extra things. You've got, you're young. They need you to come in on a, on a Saturday. Yeah, you don't want to do it, but you know what? They'll notice when you do. Yep. And if they don't, move on. If after a while you're not appreciated, move on. Odds are you'll be appreciated. And you do want to climb the ladder because you do want to work your way up. You do want to make more money. It's worth it. There you go. And and if and if fewer of you are doing that, then you'll move up even freaking faster. So Agreed. congratulations. And if you can communicate and write in sentence form and talk to people in a way that makes sense and communicate your, your thoughts, you'll move up even faster because there's so many of the young people who are completely locked into their, their screens that they that they can't they can't communicate with anybody. They can't have a sentence. They can't use voice tone. They can't talk. They have to text. Someone calls them on the phone. They're like, oh God, they called. I'd rather text. No, no, no. Learn how to talk. And if yep. you can do that, learn how to talk and write and communicate 
and bust your ass and work hard when you first get started, you're going to roll. You're going to roll yep. faster than anybody else, than previous generations used to. You're welcome. Yep. Rant over. Totally agree. It's not even a rant. It's not a rant. It's a, it's 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 advice. Yeah. Go no, for it. It's I mean, dude, you're you're spot on. And be coachable. Be coachable. Um, don't don't when when you get criticized, don't don't tear up. Yeah. Just say yes, sir. Yeah, I've got and get after it. Improve. You'll take off. I think I think the market is is more ripe for a fast investment and fast advancement now than it was when we were younger. I know you got to go. I we're agree after, with that. Yeah, we're after uh, after eleven o'clock. Oh no, you're good, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, you're right. Yeah. So thanks to everybody for being a part of the show. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I do need to tell you about something. Speaking of, um, if these times, Martin, sometimes these times make people a little stressed out. They hear all this stuff. People talk about money, jobs, unemployment. Those things can stress you out. If you've been listening to MPW over the years, you know that I'm a big fan of mental health therapy. I've needed it at times during the pandemic. Uh, my my kids utilize therapy. I bet a lot of yours did as well. There's no stigma to it. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Taking care of your mind is just smart. How we yep. care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain like learning a new language, taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash MPW. That's BetterHelp.com slash MPW. P W. So, uh, Martin, anything before we roll? No, man, I'm a hundred percent supporter. I mean, I go every other week, uh, see to see mine, my whole family sees folks. Dude just keeps me, it keeps me straight and narrow and, and, uh, gives me a place to, uh, download things and have some feedback. I love it. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Yeah. We will be back uh, next week with yep. another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. Don't forget, get in touch with Martin and all the wonderful people there at Pinnacle at MyPinWealth.com. That's M-Y-P-I-N-N Wealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, uh, have a great weekend. Take care. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.